What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Die by the Blade podcast, where Josh and I sit down and talk about everything Buffalo hockey. I'm your host, Luke. The other guy on my screen is my co-host, Josh, and we're going to get right into it. Another jam-packed episode, so stay tuned. Josh, what is up? How are you? It's a uh, chilly evening here in Buffalo. Late November. It needs to be colder. It's almost it, December first is tomorrow. Like it does I not want, need to be. Yes, it does. It's it's Christmas time. Okay, Thanksgiving is over. I can say it's Christmas time now because by the time you are all hearing this, it will be the month of December. Bring out the Christmas music. Give me the fruit cake. Put up the lights. Let's go. Um, hey, uh, Thursday is supposed to rain. Maybe forty-eight. Shut up. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It needs to be colder. But um, no, I'm I'm doing good. Uh, Really enjoyed the Thanksgiving uh, little break. Yes, how I... was how was your Thanksgiving? Did it was you, good. Uh... Um, it was fun. We just kind of had like my close family here, and um, it was nice. My grandma got out for her first Thanksgiving since before COVID. She lives in a nursing home, so um, we haven't we've gotten to see her, but we haven't had her for a holiday um, since before COVID. So that was awesome. But other than that, it was uh, pretty good. How about you? Love to hear that. Uh, myself, it was. A little hectic. Um, oh. <laughs> it's it's just it's just one of those long days. Uh, my girlfriend had went to her dad's in the morning, came home. We went to my parents, and then we went to her mother's, and it was a nice long day. Had a good time. Had a lot of turkey and everything else that day. So definitely got stuffed. Hope everyone listening also enjoyed their nice little holiday break. I had five days off, so I was not complaining. It was great. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. And now, it's wait a minute! Season. I can't believe you didn't bring up our hockey extravaganza on Wednesday. My God, I for, I, I kind of forgot <laughs> that that happened. Come on, Loki. Yeah, no. So me and Luke, uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, played a uh, bit of a little pickup game with me and some of my high school friends. Um, played my first full, like fully suited up game in goalie year so that was interesting uh yeah i uh i spoke to him a few times it was great yeah it was not very fun hey, but you got was... you got to work on those uh those those higher saves you know top glove top See, locker I can get those no problem but i just don't know when to drop to the butterfly so if anyone out there would like to give me some goalie tutoring i'd be much appreciative but no it was great we played for i think what like five hours it was nuts we yeah, started it's about four eight, hours. It started like eight thirty in the morning, went to like twelve thirty. Oh yeah, about, so about, about twelve thirty, about four hours. Speaking yeah. of Josh having goalie issues, the Sabres got some goalie issues that we're gonna get to a little later in the show. However, before we get to any Sabres news, I believe Josh and even myself has a little bit of the an issue with the NHLPA that yeah. we just want to put out there real quick. Yeah. So this isn't this isn't Sabres related at all, actually. Um, I mean, it could be in some cases, but in this Eventually, case, or it has been in the past. Right. So Rod Brindamore of the Carolina Hurricanes has been fined. Now I'm reading this word for word from the NHL PR Twitter. Rod Brindamore of the Carolina Hurricanes has been fined twenty five thousand dollars for inappropriate conduct during NHL game number nine or three hundred and twenty nine against the Capitals Sunday, November twenty eighth. Sure, go ahead. He was being a belligerent jerk on the bench. <laughs> Bunch of jerks. Um, you know, yelling at the ref. Whatever you want to discipline him, fine. But big but one. What he was saying 
was nothing compared to what coaches used to say even 10 years ago to refs. All I, Me and Luke were looking at it, and we believe all he was saying was this is effing BS. Yeah, that's all, that's all I could see time. that he said. That was pretty much it. Now, my whole beef, and I believe this is Luke's too, why does a coach who says that to a referee on a probably bad call and also fined, probably a regular basis, right? Get fined $25,000. But then you look back last week or the week before Josh Morrissey hacks two hand hacks, Alexander Texier for scoring an empty netter and gets fined five grand, which is now, like $2 obviously, to him. This is, it's still money, but why is the max allowable of, or how do they word it? It's like he was max allowable under cat. So it's some weird, it's some weird wording about it. Basically it's, it's in the NHL PA CBA agreement with the league that a player can only be, be fined a certain percentage of their contract, I believe. Something like that. So, but why is it so low? I mean, it's, sure, it's five even... grand's a lot of money, but it's pennies to some of these guys. I mean, you think if Connor McDavid gets fined five grand, it's really going to do much to him? <laughs> he that cares. is a dollar to well, him. We, he... we saw we saw even last season when Tom Wilson got fined the little bit he did for the for the one the first time at least when he, he got, got fined just like a little 2, bit. Twenty five hundred bucks. Well, That's not that. No, he got he got he got, fined, he got fined. I think it was like twelve, like four thirties. It was like some weird exact number. Yeah, it was some weird. And he literally thing. tweeted saying, saying what it kind of equates to to a normal person's salary. He's like, all right, here you go. I don't care. Like, right. I mean, sure, if you're on a league, if you're on a league men deal, it's a little bit more. Even still, if you're getting, but even getting if you're on fined, like, men, you're getting fined fifteen k, making seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah. It's like, not it's, that big of a deal. Now, now, if you're finding someone who's making four million a year, seven hundred and fifty thousand, that's different. They're going to start think, to not do those things anymore. I think it should be percentage of contract or percentage of money. Like the amount of money you should be fined should be specific to your contract. So a player who is on league men, say say it's like fifteen percent, right? A player is on league men gets fined a maximum of 15% of 750,000. But a player like Connor McDavid who is getting paid 14 million gets fined 15% of 14 million as a maximum. Obviously. Yeah. Now obviously these are just kind of made it's up numbers, numbers but, yeah. But but that's that's my point is why does the why why is that the way it is? But then the coaches, I mean, you look at Brindamore. So, I don't know how much Brindamore makes a year, but $25,000 is a considerable amount of money. I mean, I think he makes probably in like the two to five-ish million range. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He, I think he signed like a 3.5 year, $3.5 million deal, something like that, $4 million, $6 million, something like that. Something something stupid for a coach. Um, he is getting paid. Oh, wait, this was when he was. A player? Signing his. Extension. This was from June of June seventeenth. Elliot Friedman had previously reported that Brendan Moore's extension would be one point eight million per season. Okay. Um, I think so. Twenty five thousand even still is like nothing for him, for what he makes. So yeah, yeah, I find it like, I find it funny that we we are seeing this in different in different eyes. You're seeing it as we should change the fine 
system, which I believe we should. There's issues within it. I see it as A, inconsistencies, and B, what what for some of these, what is the point slash what is right and wrong? And that's where the inconsistencies come in. You're seeing uh, who was it that hacked Texier? Morrissey. Morrissey, yeah, you're seeing Morrissey get fined five thousand dollars. Morrissey, I believe, is on a pretty makes decent makes has a decent contract, makes decent money. Yet Brenda Moore, who yelled at a referee angrily, is getting fined twenty thousand dollars more. Right. And and, and and we see Brad Marchand noted um hate uh uh, uh you know, bad dirty guy, player. dirty player, quote unquote, all his little antics, some of it dirty, some of it kind of just to get in the head of the player. I will, I will give him that. Get suspended three games for a slew foot. And we have seen multiple slew foots from around the league and a uh, big name talked about was PK Subban. You saw multiple slew, foot, slew foots from him and he gets fined a little bit of money. The inconsistencies which, in this league, I get it. You know, repeat um, player versus first, second player, first, second time player. I get it. PK, However, but PK Subban is a repeat offender. He is, he is well. a repeat offender. Exactly. The now, Morrissey, on the other hand, I think in the NHLPA is right. bad. Right. And, and honestly, I can remember to tie it back in with our, our, Buffalo, our beloved Buffalo Sabres. Beloved. Ha, huh, funny. I can tie it back in to them by saying, look back at the Miller Lucic hit. I mean, yeah, 10 years ago. I don't Lucic, did Lucic, did Lucic even get a fine. I for think that? he got a small fine. I think he got like a five or right. $10,000 fine. That's but it. my whole thing is, is why they need to change this is because $5,000 is not going to deter someone from not doing that again. I mean, sure. You could say that if they're a, if they're a dirty player, they're a dirty player and they're never going to stop. But you got to do something to be retroactive here or the, proactive. The, yeah. I don't know which proactive, way. proactive. The, the last thing uh, I want to hit on before we jump into, you know, our, our beloved Sabres and the potentials coming up and the issues we've seen. Um, in, in my opinion, instead of these fines, especially for some of these hits, just start handing suspensions. That'll get players to stop doing it. Like, Oh, I can't play for two games. What the hell? Like, start handing out suspensions more often. I'd rather see a player be suspended for a game instead of hearing about, oh, this guy has to pay uh, $14,000, which equivalent to, uh, you know, money that a normal person makes is like $4. Like, see, but my thing is, is the NHL tried to do that back when Brendan Shanahan took over on the NHLPA player safety bullshit. And Shanahan was just handing out suspensions for, like, breathing on a guy. So there is obviously pro like there are there's both ends of the spectrum where you're either doing nothing or you're doing too much. They need to find that balance. And in all honesty, I don't think they ever had that balance. They never have back to the start of the NHL player safety program. And they won't until they create a, a system of, hey, if you do this, if you do this player for the first time, it's this much money. The second time, it's this much money. The third time, it's this much money. Instead of basing it off of a salary cap or some kind of um, 
set number. It has to be, hey, no matter what happens, whether it's your first, whether it's your, uh, you're, you're a veteran, you're, whether you're making $14 million or making $1 million, this is how much you're going to pay if you do this. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, it's like, you're going to pay this fine and then be suspended one game. You do it again, okay, you're going to pay this fine and it can be suspended for three games. Like, it's got to be a consistent, gradually going upwards. It can't be, you know, Marshan Slewfoot, someone, he, has, he gets fined, you know, 20000 And then the next time, Marshan Slewfoot, someone, and he gets fined 10000 Like, it right. makes no sense. Why make him pay less the second time? Right. It exactly. should always be going upwards in money. Hey, you do it again? Right. Okay, give me more money. Now, to be fair, it could also be a severity thing. Um, yeah, and knows? that's that's why I say you need to build in these set numbers for the severity and for... How many times you've done it. How many times you've done it. That's right. It's as simple as that. And they're, in, in, in a sense, in my opinion, too lazy to do that. They don't want to have and someone I, sit I mean, down and do that because gonna, it's going to take is, a few months to do. Another another thing we got to remember here is this this stuff always comes up around when the CBA gets negotiated. And obviously the players will not want something where they could get suspended more. And even the owners wouldn't want that if you think about it. So it's going to it's kind of one of those like it's the conversation no one ever wants to have probably. Um, I mean, you guys will see in 2025, 2026, because that is the next CBA negotiation. That's actually, wow. I didn't realize it was that close because yeah. I mean, they hurt, they did like a hasty negotiation um, during the pandemic, like between the bubble and getting back to normal. Um, that one fix or that one right. Re ratified uh 2013's cba so that one was in place for a while but this one's only gonna be in place for about five or six years so um but anyway enough about the cba bullshit and paperwork and politics and all. not really politics but you know what i mean let's get into what do we want to call this i don't even know <laughs> you know it's it's the saber team i i like we said we're, we're hoping that they're going to be fun. They're putting up goals. They're, yeah, they're, they're fun. Just they're allowing s- goals too. They're losing. They're losing six four every game, like we said. Um, but the the only issue is now we have a team that's actually putting up goals. Now wait a second. If we want to go after some goalies, we'll get there. Don't you worry. But right now we're looking I ahead. I prepared for this moment my whole life. <laughs> but right now we're looking ahead to this Thursday's game against Florida, in which. Casey Middlestat is most likely going to be back in the lineup. He was practicing today. It was it was great to see in a white jersey, not a no contact. Yes, that in is in a the white jersey. What I like is the going to the keeping on the inconsistency train. The inconsistency of NHL injury reports. No, 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 no. Buffalo Sabres injury report. Oh, no, just the NHL in general because they were people. All, eh. teams, all teams release them, and it just says week to week, lower body, day to day, lower body. It's like football; you can see every single day when they're going to be back and what their injury is. Like they will yeah. give you a goddamn countdown. Yeah, they will show you the X-rays if you ask for them, probably. But like, it, it, it just it baffles me because Middlestat this whole time had a high ankle sprain. Remember that kind of injury? Jack Eichel? Does that ring a bell? 
Sophomore season, why, why? missing 21 games, oh coming God. back and going on an absolute team. tear. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> Most other teams will say what it is within the first couple days. Well, the Sabres don't. I still I don't, don't know what Craig Anderson's ish injury is. That's fair. Yeah. but I, I mean, don't know what to, his injury is. My, look, my assumption is he's old. Look back to the Islanders with Rick DiPietro. I mean, there was money involved in that one too. That's fair. Yeah, they had just gave him a deal, and then he just, you know, died. Yeah. Well, not you know what I mean. Um, he got hurt, and then he was like, "Well, get me out of my contract." Yeah. Um. But it. What was I saying? Oh yeah, but like the whole thing with Eichel and Middlestat coming off the same injury hey, in their hey, sophomore season. No, Come on, you showed me not, the tweet. I it's saw in the my tweet. brain. You showed I me. That was funny. However. As much well, as I'm we were, sure we would love to have Middlestep be at Eichel's level, he is not, nor will he be, in my opinion. We were we were talking about this, like I just said, before the show. Not the same style of player, and obviously not the same position, but Luke, or, or Luke, Al Tuck and Casey Middlestat. I think, I think Casey Middlestat will get to the level of Al Tuck in the sense of he scores a lot, or he... he you know, not that he scores a lot, but he see, gets a lot of points. You know, see, like, because Tuck is a scrappy Al, scorer. Here's the thing with Al Tuck, though. He is a perennial 50-point guy. Right. Ma- like, max, like, in my opinion, like, 60-65. Yeah. Whereas Which is very good. Middlestat, from the way he was talked up, the way he's shown throughout this offseason, his preseason, first couple, first game, obviously they played one game. It's hard to tell. We saw what he did last year, but we saw again. We saw what he did last year under Granado, seventeen to twenty-two. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to be fair, in his first game, he played very well, and in yeah. the preseason, he played really well. So I'm seeing if he can hit that potential that we thought we were going to get right out of the gate. He's seventy to eighty point scorer for at least the first like the next like five years, maybe four years. Which kind of scares me because I'm pretty sure he. Um... Yeah, no, he's not on a contract year. Never mind. No, Wait, he's on a contract year he... next year, I believe. Okay, well, that's we a little... People. No, he's he's on a contract year. Uh, he'll be up in 2023-2024 as an RFA. Don't know if that's better or worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, but enough about Mitz. Happy to have him back. Yeah, hoping, I'm glad. Hoping I hope he, he does well. Uh, I don't remember who he was paired with. I believe it was Gergensen's and Asplund. Yeah, and I, that that uh, that excites me. It. If oh, Gergensen's. That, I thought you said Olafson. I don't no, know. No, Gergensen's. If you told me that two years ago, I've been like, why? This <laughs> year, um, I, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Gergensen's has played well. Asplund has shown that he can pretty much run a line. Yeah, but I don't like that Asplund and Thompson are no longer a thing. I wish the um, line of yes, but Olafson and Thompson is still a thing. Yeah, and, and Skinner, Skinner has been Olofsson playing very Thompson. well with them, so right. I'm okay with keeping them together and letting Aswin kind of run his own line with Middlestat. Right. Other big name though, Mark Jankowski is most likely going to make his debut. I don't know about a big name. Not big name. A, a, a big noise, at least. A name that's been around for a long time. Hey, he's got 12 points, 13 games in the AHL so far this season. He's hey, make he's his got debut on 75 Thursday. points in 253 NHL games. And? I, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm not thinking he's going to really do much, but it's at least an added change. And in my opinion, I mean, based on what he's done at least this year in the A, hoping he can translate a little bit of that. 
better than John Hayden. Oh, yeah, I'm better than John Hayden, let's be honest. No, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I know how (laughs) I scored on you. John Hayden does not play goaltender. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I mean, you you know, Jankowski was drafted in 2012. Um, He's 27 years old. Um, Played on the Flames most of his career. Played on the Penguins last year for uh, 45 45 games, 11 points. Um, He's a third or fourth line grinder. Yeah, he's a he's a bottom six guy. Right. That might you know mesh well with someone down there, and you never know. That's that's kind of how I see it. I have I have a possible I have a possible comparison here, but I don't want to say it and sound like a fool. If you say I, Evan Rodriguez, I'm going to kick you off of this podcast so fast. I'm going to say maybe, no, maybe Paul Glostad. Mm, he can't win face-offs the same way. Right. But or use Glass- his body the same way. Glostad's like that scrappy guy, you know, and I feel like Jankowski's kind of a scrappy guy. He Yes yes and no. He's not. He, he'll oh, he's get into had- the... He's only got 65 penalty minutes. Yeah, he'll get into the dirty areas, but he's not going to be the one to start anything. No, no, but he'll definitely be some... Yeah, I feel like an idiot now for comparing Paul Goss. A little bit. That's why why I'm like... It's close, but it's not quite there. We've never, ever found a replacement for Paul Gostad, and that's why this team has sucked for 10 years. Yeah, Sure, we'll go with that reason. Um, (laughs) But... With with Jankowski signing a deal and coming up to the NHL squad, unfortunately, that does leave an odd guy out there to send down, and that is at least for us, our beloved R two Rutzelainen. I mean, I think a lot of people are starting to like Rutzelainen. Um, he he hasn't done a hell of a lot. He has so four far. points through fifteen games this year. Yeah, which for I mean. a actual bottom <laughs> six guy, yeah, okay, right. That's usually what you'll see out of them at that point. Mm-hmm. However, for someone trying for top nine minutes and pushing in and the team that we kind of have right now, you're hoping more out of him. And Granado just hasn't seen much out of him. So we're hoping the AHL stint is kind of a, hey, get right, get back on your game. You know, you'll be able to play with the likes of Krebs, Paterka, uh, Quinn, Mersh. Like, you'll have people to play with down there. Like, get your yeah, game I mean, back. That Rochester team is vibing right now. Yeah. I mean, they are cruising so far. So um, I don't so, think this is a bad thing. I and this might not be the last time you see R two in the in in the Sabres uniform. However, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, like I said, the Amerks are going nuts right now. Um, they're doing very well in the AHL. Not only do they have two of the top scorers, but they are also. Eleven well, and six, okay. and they ha- they do- and they have the AHL leading scorer in Jack Quinn, and they have like second or third leading scorer. I, I believe in... he, I believe he's actually like fourth or fifth now. He's been dropping. He hasn't been scoring as much. Yeah, but I mean, and then you got Krebs who scored I think twelve points in his first twelve games. So yeah, he's got twelve and fourteen right now. I think something yeah, like they that. They're definitely doing well for themselves. Oh yeah, you um, love to see it. R2 has a chance to rewrite his game. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, force his way back into the lineup. Maybe you see uh Hinnestroza come out or someone along those likes. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. All all good luck to him. Now, 
for those that actually need some good luck right now, before we get to the uh, goaltenders that need some good luck, let's get to uh, at least a player in front of the goaltender. Yes. That needs some help. And that yeah. is that is Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, he... Before we get to the whole, oh, we should trade him, oh, we should move on, no. No. If any of you saw his his how he was looking on the bench after that second giveaway that kid is so far in his own head right now it's not even funny like it's it kruger may have broken darlene i have a solution and it's as simple as going to the google typing in the ikea support line <laughs> <laughs> calling them and tell them that your Darlene is missing parts. They will mail you in approximately four to five business days your replacement parts in a new brain, new hands, and hockey IQ. So, so here's here's the one thing I want to <laughs> I want to I want to mention on this before before we you know actually break down the issues is that he hasn't. Like everything else has actually been pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Minus those two turnovers, which the first one he was blatantly tripped behind the net. Right. Yeah. There's so yeah. Minus that second one, which I actually I don't I never actually saw. Um I never saw the second one because I didn't catch that part of the game. But mm. he uh he's looked decent since g- coming back to his quote-unquote proper side after being on the right side for a few games when Joker initially went down. He's, I really, he's controlling I, the puck. The only, his, his biggest issue right now is holding onto the puck in the offensive zone. Um, maybe give him PP2 time instead of PP1. Mm-hmm. Let, uh, let, let, I mean, if he's you know back from his now apparent injury, Jake Jacob Bryson, let him. Oh yeah, run. they expect him to be back in. Yeah, he was like a little banged up. They just want yeah. to give him a night off. But um, maybe let him run PP one. Yeah, he's I mean, got the he's got the offensive upside. He can make some passes. So I feel like Darlene maybe got a little oversaturated, if that's the correct term to use here. Like my whole spin on it is you just take him off of pretty much every line except for his main line. Don't have him out there on the penalty kill. Don't have him out there as much on the power play. He's, Make he's him... overused is probably what you're going at. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Make he's... him cause, cause with the whole thing he went through with Kruger, he needs to kind of just reset and focus on one thing and one thing only. And that is playing five on five hockey. So um, two two comparisons right now that Sabres fans are not going to appreciate that I'm making oh God. Uh, that have been thrown around. Don't say Ristolainen. Okay, fine. I won't mention that one. I'll mention the other the other defensive comparison. A former first round pick of the Buffalo Sabres, who had a Calder Tyler Trophy Myers. a Calder Trophy winning rookie season. Shit. And then they forced him to play a new game. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what happens. You for when you force someone to play a new game that he's not used to after coming off the best year of his career, even if it, if he is young, right? I mean, it, it's gonna it's gonna mess with them. And then once someone comes in and says, "Hey, you don't gotta do that anymore," he's still gonna have that thought of like, "Shit, do I still have to do that though?" 
Well, here's the thing. Like I said, like I was saying with whole the whole oversaturation thing or overuse, whatever. Like he needs to just play five on five hockey and like a little bit on the power play and a little bit in three on three and like overtime or whatever. Yeah, give him give him overtime minutes because you're but you want do you want not that out there. Make him play on the penalty kill. Do not he's not him... he's not a defensive defenseman. When's the last right. time you saw Eric Carlson on the penalty kill? Never. <laughs> Literally, he's rarely ever played on the penalty kill because he's not a defensive defenseman. What about John Klingberg? You don't ever exactly. see him on the penalty kill. Exactly. I get it. He, he was supposed to be this generational talent. Right. And he, he still can. He still be. has the potential. However, we've kind of come, we have to come to terms with Sabres fans and realize he is a very, very good offensive defenseman and he can play in the defensive zone. Right. So here's, here's some things to look at. In 2019 or 2018, 2019, Darlene's rookie year, he comes in, scores 44 points in 82 games. 2019, 2020, he scores 40 and 69 or 59. That's the COVID shortened season, obviously. Or, yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's the one that COVID ended the season. Right. Ralph Kruger that year starts, you know, making him play more defense. Didn't really get it into his head that much. I mean, he. Kind of, I mean, he played very well. He still had 40 points in 59 games. Year after, 23 and 56. And we see Darlene start to decline and not play very well and become a minus 36. Now, plus minus is a strange stat. We all know. But when your generational... When it's, when it's that bad, there's yes, definitely question there's marks. definitely something wrong. When you compare it to the first year of negative 13 and the second year of negative 7, and this year of negative four, there's something wrong. Yeah. So, granted, the team was very bad last year, um, 18 games. Um, I just think that Darlene, like I said, just needs to refine his five-on-five five game, and everything else will come. Um, like he just he's just resetting from Ralph Kruger. He's only had basically. Like he's at 40 games now. He's at 40 games now away from him. Right. Yeah. He's oh, he's had half a season away from Ralph Kruger. He's not he's not going to be able to figure it out in half a season. What does he have so far this year? Right now he has 14 points in 22 games, which I think is pretty good. For a defenseman that's pretty damn good. Yeah. In my opinion. Now, obviously he does need to improve his defensive play, but let's be honest, how many of the goals can we also equate to goaltending? I mean, sure. That last night was bad. The two giveaways were last, bad. Last night was bad. Right. But how much can we equate to some of the other ones to goaltending? Because, yes, obviously you don't give the puck away in front of your own net to the other team. But how many times do we see that happen? And then you see later on NHL Network or NHL's Instagram, oh, my God, look at this miraculous save made by yeah. Carter Hart or – Whoever. Well, and and if you and if you look at you know his, how he was doing when he was on his offside with Will Butcher, and since he's been back to his regular side away from Will Butcher, mm-hmm. he has been bounds better than right. from even what ten games ago that was, 15, twelve games ago. Right, and another issue that we're going to see with a lot of people, like we saw with Cousins a couple weeks ago. There is no more focal point of Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart and Rasmus Ristolainen. Rasmus Dahlin, Dylan Cousins, and Casey Middlestat are all in the spotlight now. 
So they are going to get the brunt of the, oh my God, this guy's washed up. And the suburban hockey dad who go, oh, he's not using his body. He's not getting pucks in deep. He's not a gritty player. Like, we as fans also need to remember to not, I mean, these kids, they are kids. I mean, we're kids Darlene too. Is 20, Darlene is 21 years old. Rasmus Dahlin is younger than me. Nowhere, me and Casey Middlethat are the same age. Like he is if I was nowhere this, near like, his yeah. prime yet. And, yeah, and like, like putting myself, obviously, kind of, I can't really put themself, put myself in their shoes. But at my mindset of twenty, Jesus, how old am I? Twenty-two years old. Um, if I was in Casey Middlethat's shoes, I would not be able to handle any of the pressure that they are getting right now. Obviously, these guys have played hockey their whole lives, so it's different. But it's like you got to kind of like put yourself in their, in their shoes a little bit and remember that they are just kids. The, the one, the one big thing really quick before we head over to these goalies, mm-hmm. the last thing I want to hit on with how, the, how Sabres media slash like Sabres, the Sabres team has been looked at since we brought in Jack Eichel before Jack Eichel was a thing. And now before Darlene was a thing and now Dylan cousins, we never had a quote-unquote superstar talent on our team. Right. If you look at who has, who's always held the spotlight, if you look at when the Sabres were, you know, making their playoff push, aside from Ryan Miller, because that's, that's a different story. I know we had Ryan Miller. Cool. Mm-hmm. Goalies handle it differently. Right. Goalies are allowed to have bad games sometimes, mm-hmm. allegedly. Player, apparently players can't, but goalies can. That's mm-hmm. besides the point. Um, It was... Vanek, Pominville, and Roy. Yeah, it but was, it was it, it, but like with them, with no one person held the spotlight or held held all the fault is what I'm getting at. Whereas now, it was always Eichel. Eichel's gone. Oh, who is it now? Uh, uh Darlene. Mm-hmm. Because he's our generational talent. Right. And I mean, look at it. You got to also think about it this way too. The Sabers have had four first overall picks in their entire existence. That would be Owen Power, Rasmus Dahlin, Jack Eichel, and Gilbert Perot. And Eichel wasn't even first overall. Eichel was second overall. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Eichel wasn't even first overall. Wow. I don't know why I just botched that. So you got to remember, like, they, they haven't we, – we as a franchise and as a fan base haven't really had to, you know, look at, like – the star player, like we don't know how to really react to a star player because when we do have a star player, they're already established and they're good or they're a veteran and they're falling off. It's never when they're young and developing, you know what I'm, you follow what I'm saying here? Luke? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I, I just, I don't know that that's my other spin on it is maybe we as fans don't really understand how to, I mean, I don't really understand how to evaluate a guy when he comes in at 18 as a first overall right. pick. He's 18. He's 21. That's the that's the last thing I was saying this. He's 21. Right. Give him he, time. Your, your prime, up. it's been said for many years in the hockey world, that your prime is from 24 to 29. That yep. is your the prime of your career. If all else fails. Darlene is still three years away from that. If all else fails, call Ikea. See what happens. But... Like we said, the the biggest issue. We, we I told you we were gonna hit it. Who um who's gonna save these pucks? I'll do it. 
You can't even <laughs> save my pucks, Josh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, came out of practice this, this this morning, this afternoon, whatever. Dustin Tokarski, ticker as he is known affectionately by Donnie Granado, left practice early after taking a shot to the facial area just to get checked out, kind of precautionary, but it's also very scary when your backup is Aaron Dell and the next line of defense after that is a struggling Ukapekalukanen and or Michael Hauser. So, what are they going to (laughs) do? I don't even think Michael Hauser is eligible to come to the NHL at this moment in time because I don't think he has an NHL contract. No, I believe he signed a, a a contract with Rochester. Yes. So here are your options as to what you have. You have Aaron Dell, five games played. Oh, by the way, we're going to be breaking this down. We're going to be looking at all the stats. We're going to be looking at goalies that are available as free agents, or goalie, I should say. And then we're going to be looking at some trade targets. These are ones that I have come up with from my own mind. I know some of them might be a little bit of a hot, a little bit of hot takes. We don't have trades for all of them exactly worked out, but we're going to kind of go with them on the fly. So bear with us. I am also planning on writing a long form, longer form article about this in the coming days to post to the website. So if you guys want a little bit more in-depth look at this, stay tuned. So Right now, the Sabres have Aaron Dell, five games played, 4.55 goals against average, and a 062 save percentage. 862. Or 862. I mean, it could basically be an 062, but to to keep also to keep this more um, simple, I'm just going to convert it to the percentages that we would normally see. So that'd be an 86 percent. Well, yeah, it'd be 862. Yeah, it'd be 862. It'd be 0.862. We see it as that. Right. So Dustin Tukarski. Obviously, we don't know his state right now, but he has played 14 games, 3.28 goals against average, and a .903 save percentage. So, saves roughly He's over 900. Yeah. So, that's very good, I think. Um, Craig Anderson, we don't know the state of him, as we said earlier, but he was off to a hot start in six games played, had a 2.5 goals against average, and a 9.21 save percentage. And Ukapakalukinen in Rochester has a 3.42 goals against, or sorry, yes, 3.42 goals against average and a .888 save percentage in 12 games played in Rochester. We did see him turn things around a little bit in the past couple of weeks, but it's been very he's back been, and forth. Yeah, he's been very up and down this season. Um, I'm, I am I didn't realize Craig Anderson's save percentage was that high, but then I yeah. also remember he's only played six games, so... But- he was very good for the six games he did play, and I hope he can come back and do that again at least a little bit. I hope I he can it. come back for whatever his injury is. That's fair, too. Um, like I said, it's probably just old age at this point. <laughs> the way I look at it with Tokarski is he is your prime backup. Like, if you can get a goaltender in here to be your starter, Tokarski will be a very good backup for you. He is just getting overplayed right now. Well, I yeah. Think. I mean, that- he is. He's not taking on much more of a load than what he expected. So who's available? Now I'm going to be saying this first one because Luke despises this man and never, ever wants to see him in a Buffalo Sabres uniform. No, see, see, I'm not against him. I just cannot speak on this man for personal reasons. Right. Some of our listeners who listen to our other show will know these personal reasons. When I mention the name of Devin Dubnik, who is a, 
free agent currently. Last year, he played 17 games with San Jose, had a 3.18 goals against average, and an 0.898 save percentage. And then in five games with Colorado, after he got traded, he had a 3.25 goals against and a 0.886 save percentage. I don't want him, but I prefer him over the options we have that aren't. I prefer in. him over Dell. Yes, I did. I almost prefer. It, I almost prefer him over Tukarski. I don't but prefer him over Tukarski. It would as depend a, on as, which. It would depend on which Dubnik showed up. Fair. That is very fair. Um, so yeah, Devin Dubnik. He would be very cheap. He is thirty-seven, I believe. So uh, I don't think he's that old. Thirty-six. I don't know. I can't remember how old he is. I thought he was older. Let me. Uh, he's he's an older goalie. But let he's me. Not let that me. Old. Let me take a gander at the cap friendly here. He, and also mind you, he hasn't played. He's thirty-five. He's thirty-five. Okay. All right. Well, as I exited on my cap friendly app on accident. Oh well. Dubnik, he would be like, if you really need somebody. He's I he's your replace he's your replacement goalie for. The I mean, time if Kevin being. Adams hasn't called him at least once, I'd be upset. But yeah, I don't think I don't think he, he has. Honestly, I think he thought he was fine, and then now with Zakarski hurt, now he right. really has to look for. Well, Elliot Friedman did say that um, I think Friday that the Sabers were very active in the goaltending market. So, who so knows? speaking on the yeah. Sabers being active in that goaltender market, well. Who would they go after? That's the biggest question we got here. Now these are my ideas, not Luke's. So yes, this is this good, is this is all. If you think they're all, bad, give the credit to both of us. Not nah, give the credit to Josh still. If they're bad, <laughs> the the first one at least that Josh has mentioned is Pavel Franku, who I don't believe has played a game yet this year due to injury. He has not. Um, Jonas Johansson has been the backup for Kemper in Colorado. Yes, Kemper. I couldn't remember. I could not remember who was on who was Colorado's goalie. I forgot Grubauer left. <laughs> um, I don't hate the idea of Pavel Francouz. However, he is already thirty-two. He's an older goalie. He, he's an older goalie, even though he's newer, quote unquote, to the NHL. Yeah, he kind of burst onto the scene a couple years ago with Colorado. I would be okay with me. Yeah, he's thirty. He's hand. thirty-one. He's thirty-one. He's coming off an angle injury. He played for the first time in practice. On the 21st, which is a week ago now. No word on when he's going to come back yet. But my whole rationale here is I was looking for goaltenders who are end of their prime, beginning of their sort of mentor stage. Because you have to remember, we have Eric Portillo and Devin Levi coming up through the system and Uka Pekalukanen, possibly. Um so you have to remember, you don't want someone that's 24 coming into their own, like looking like they're going to be a star. You want someone who's at the end of their career, but has somewhat term. So that way you can keep them around for a while. And then also maybe keep them to stay on and be a mentor to Devin Levi, Ukepeka, Luke. Or, or even or, someone in the middle of their career that, that has that as well. yeah. that has upside still. Because we know that goalies are like a fine wine and they age with time. So like I said, Paolo Francouz, not the best option, but he would be cheap and you wouldn't have to send. Cause I'm also thinking if you get, if you go for certain players, you're going to have to send back a goaltender. And really the only viable option to send back in some of these deals is Ukepeka Lukanen, which we will get to in the future. Because personally I am okay with trading UPL. If the deal is right. 
if we can find someone that wants him, sure. But it's yeah. the the young Which goalie is market crazy. just isn't fully there. It's crazy because UPL is was supposed to be the next Ryan Miller, and now yeah. it's looking like he's going to be the next. It's, Ty it's, it's looking like it's gonna be Eric. It's gonna be Eric Portillo. Uh, stop. You're he has started excited. all 16 games for Michigan. You're getting me excited. Killing it. Continuing Anywho, on the list. <laughs> continuing on though. Speaking of some younger goalies, Josh has on here. One of them being Connor Ingram. See, I'm not huge on this one. Played two games this year with Nashville, 3.02 goals against, 906 save percentage. He's an RFA at the end of the year. He's young. I like the idea, but I'm not fully with that one. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's a backup at best and probably shouldn't even be in the NHL right now, at least not yet. Good yeah. idea, though. Good I idea, mean, though. Well, read the other one, and then I'll, I'll comment on both. The other one also coming from Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. Would be David Riddick. Again, three games played, three five seven goals against, eight eight seven save percentage, UFA end of the year. So I don't know, he kind of reminds me of a Tikarski, but Yeah, here's my rationale here is both of these guys are by no means a long term solution, but it's not really what we're looking for right now. It'd be nice to get better than these two, but they'd be inexpensive and who knows if they're given a chance. What could they do? I mean, look at Tukarski. He came in and we were all like, well, here's this guy. Maybe he'll be better than Jonas Johansson. And he was. And he's been a very dependable goalie on on some nights. Like I said, I think he's getting overplayed, so he's becoming less dependable. But if you get another guy similar to him, like David Riddick, it could kind of rejuvenate him a little bit. Yeah, Riddick, Riddick's also hit or miss with me. You know, he right. played well the uh, that one year in Calgary. Went to Toronto, didn't really do much. Now he's in Nashville and is not looking great. No, no. You say Saros very much is Nashville's team. And with this one, the other reason was I was, again, looking at their pipeline. They got Yaroslav Askarov coming up. So you wouldn't have to send back UPL in any way, shape, or form. Not that you would for either of those guys. Oh, um, yeah. But... And if you did, you'd be getting more than just these them. would be these would be very very small deals. You're probably sending like a third or fourth round pick for this guy. If if yeah, not. exactly. Anyway, like I said, those ones obviously not top of my list, but just yeah. something to think about if we just want someone to make us not give up eight goals a night. I believe uh, as we're going through this, we're starting to get towards the top of your list here. Yeah, I kind of did it in reverse. I, see, I, I'm, I mean, I'm okay with that. I like doing things that way. Yeah. I'd rather be like, hey, be happy. Because next one on the list is Vili Huso from uh, St. Louis. Four games played, 1.76 goals against, and a 9.36 save percentage. Doing very good so far this year. I've never been huge on him. I've seen him as a perennial backup. Um, but, hey, he's playing well this year. Maybe you never know. I don't see St. Louis moving on from him. I see them having Bennington and him be their kind of tandem for a while mm -hmm. now that he's actually coming into his own. Right. Well, here's where this deal you would need to send at least Ukapekalukin back. Um, I, I think this deal would take probably him and either another good prospect or, like, a second or a first um, because as I think this takes saying, like a third, maybe a second in reality. But as we've been saying, Ukapekalukanen has looked like he's not going to be what we wanted to be. Um, 
but with Huso, he's 26. I mean, he's a UFA at the end of the year, so you could trade it all and then lose him. But if you give him the prospect of, hey, you're going to be the starter until you're at least 30, and then you're going to be a mentor for Portillo or Levi, or you can flip him further down the road if Levi and Portillo both hit and they're both good at the same time. So I, I really like the idea of getting Huso, but I don't think St. Louis would give him up specifically for the reason that Bennington low-key sucks ass. Um, The one thing I want to hit on with UPL before we jump to some of the other uh, goaltenders here is, like like I said with uh, Darlene, UPL is 22 years old. Right. And we we saw, what, three years ago, four years ago now? Jordan Bennington came into the league at 25 blew up now he's Look at him now. A, he's at least a starter in the nhl he can he can right. at least play he's a moody starter <laughs> <laughs> yes um like a billy Huso, he's 26 years old finally getting his chance goalies are really weird you're either getting someone at 19 that can play in the nhl right now or they ain't ready until they're at least like 24 so who knows like i don't i not that i'm like not ready to give up, up UPL because I I, I kind of am, but at the same time I'm like he's 22. Look at how old some of these other goalies have been coming into the league lately. So, right, I mean, kind like, of a waiting game. Perfect example: Marty Biron and Ryan Miller. Marty Biron comes into the league and looks. I mean, Hashik's backup plays for the Sabres a little bit on and off here and there finally gets his feet under him at 22, 23 really starts cooking at 24. And then boom, Ryan Miller comes in at what? Like 19, 20 years old and just takes the starting job right away from him. Yeah. No discredit to Marty. You know, we, hey, I wonder Marty's what, a great guy. What would have happened if Marty was our starter? And Miller wasn't our goalie. I don't know. I often <laughs> think about that. And I think we still would have been good. But what would we have done when Marty left? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, wait. Same thing we do when Miller left. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, though. Um, getting back to, really quick here to some some of the older goalies that Josh was mentioning. Auntie Ranta of the Carolina Hurricanes, five games played, 2.36 goals against, 903 save percentage. Uh, signed until next season at $2 million. Don't hate it. I've advocated this before on, like, like Josh mentioned, our other show, Forza 4 Podcast. I, uh, I, I've advocated that I'm not against Auntie Ranta. He's a solid. He could easily play I wish we would have gone for him in free agency. I do too. He's a, he's a placeholder. Especially mm-hmm. at this point in his career, he's, what, 35, I think? 32. He's that young. I think so. Let me double check. It's going to bother me if he's that young. He is 32. Both of them are 32, actually. Both. And when he says both of them, he is I referring mean... to the the other goaltender from Carolina playing very well in Carolina right now is Freddie Anderson. 15 games played, 1.98 goals against, 9.32 save percentage. This much percent chance we get him, bud. Sorry. Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> like, this is another deal where you would send UPL as part of your package. and Well, you have to now because they got rid of Nedjakovic for some reason. Nedeljkovic. Whatever. Yes. 
whatever for some stupid reason. I don't know. Alphabet that soup. infuriates me so much. When other teams hey, squander man. their goalie prospects, it makes me so mad because it's like you don't know what it's like to not have that luxury of just messing up a goalie prospect. I mean, the hey, Sabres- don't worry. Detroit, Detroit knows what it's like. They got them. They're living it. They're loving it right now. Oh, well, no, I meant you don't know. They, they don't know what it's like to not have those oh, I prospects. Know. I know what you mean. However, Detroit is not complaining that Carolina did that. Oh, God, no. No, not at all. Detroit's like, yeah, Ned, cool. Cool. Yeah, here, here you go. Thanks. Um, yeah. um, thank you very much. is definitely doable, and I think you're only yeah. giving up a third or a fourth. Yeah, but I still think you'd have to give up UPL because they don't. I don't, don't think so. I, this is one of those deals, though, where what who – they're they, – Literally for this, they would need UPL to come in to play backup because their goalies right now in the, the AHL, Alex Lyon, Beck Warm. I'm assuming it's a Russian version of Peter, P-Y-O-T-R, Coach Kochtikov, and Etu Makianemi. Etu Makianemi is the only name that I recognize besides Alex Lyon, and he's not even, I mean, he's good in the A. But like Beck Warm played a little bit. Um, how do you know who Beck Warm is? That's ridiculous. Last I year, that. I followed Carolina last year. That's fair. All right, all right. Um, he didn't kind play of like Carolina. He has not played any NHL games. Just no, so. but he's <laughs> he's in their system. He's been in there a couple years. He's got um, yeah, a little two. bit of potential. I've heard I've I've heard many things about him. I don't think he's going anywhere, but who knows? Alex Lyon can be a backup. Kind of yeah. reminds me of an Aaron Dell. Yeah, Alex Lyon is like NHL caliber, but backup. like I said, backup max. But yes, <laughs> well, yes, but like I said, I think if this deal was to be done, it might involve UPL purely to play goaltender for whoever they I, trade. I, weirdly enough. I think it could be a Dell or Tokarski too. Maybe. Depends. Or even a Craig. But they'd the... have both Anderson goalie. <laughs> but here's here's my here's my rebuttal to that. What is their incentive? I mean, ooh yeah, boy, no. we're trading yeah, we're trading. Yeah, no, there's our... no incentive. Because right now, Ranta and Anderson are like a one A, one B type situation. And with if the one A trade... playing much more. Right, but if you're trading away your 1B for a goalie that shouldn't even be in the NHL, then... Yeah. And and a third-round pick or a second-round pick even. Yeah. What's your incentive? So yeah. that's why I feel like UPL would have to be part of that deal. Um, and honestly, like I said, I'm open for that. I, I love UPL. I want him to be good. But I just... I don't know. He's given me... Reason of doubt. Yeah, I had that. Um, I don't think we're getting either of these guys in reality. No, it's almost not doable. Uh, I would, I would not be against Anti Ranta. Right, or you could send other pieces to them. I mean, yeah, you, you, we have to remember we don't have just goaltenders and draft picks to play with here. But with all the other prospects we've amassed, I don't really want to trade away prospect or a draft pick for that matter. But we do need goaltending. So, so. These these t- last two names, aside from the name that has been thrown around the league league wide in Matt Murray, um, this well, I'm is not against the, I'm not against the Sabers getting going after Matt Murray at the same time. Eh. 
Matt Murray makes too much money and is too much of a liability. Yeah. So probably not. I'm good. But these last two are actually very interesting. Also coming from the same team. These both of these pieces have been talked about very, very much in trade rumors. And that is Jonas Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now Corposalo through seven games played has a 397 goals against and an 884 save percentage. So not what I was expecting from him this year, but he's also on a not so good Columbus team. Right. However, Merzlikens at the same time on that same not so good Columbus team has a 241 goals against and a 929 save percentage in 12 games played. Yes. Merzlikens so, I'm very high on. Yeah. So here's 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 how it goes, okay? So both of these guys are 27. Both are very good and both were rumored to be on the trade block at the time of the Jack Eichel trade. Like days days following the Jack Eichel trade, a few sources came out and said that it, it was possible that the Sabres were going to make a move for one of these goaltenders to fix the cap situation. So that was one of the possible outlets for the Sabres to fix their cap, but they end up getting Johnny Boychuk's contract and call it a day. So I, I, I want Merzlikens here, but he did, he is going into a new deal next season already. Obviously he is on one right now and he signed one. I think this summer, that will kick in next year, five years at 5.4 AAV. Corpusalo is a UFA at the end of the year, so there's more trouble there because you have to bring in a UFA who's played in one place his entire life. Corpusalo was drafted by Columbus, plays there, played there his whole career. But this is where I think you could convince Corpusalo if you do trade for him at the end of the year because you can say, look, man, you've played in one place your whole year or your whole life. You need a change of scenery. You can be a starting goaltender on this team for at least the next three to four years. And who know, who knows where you're going to go? So, so hear me out in this one. Good idea. Don't hate it. However, Corpusalo is definitely still very gettable. I think it's dropped to probably a second round or a third round pick for him. Yep. So give them a second or third. Again, I think toss this in is a, a random deal. piece. I this don't think you got to include UPL on this because they they they're really loving Merzlikens right now. But who comes in as backup? I don't know Columbus well enough to know anyone in their farm. There's three right goalies now. in their AHL system: Daniil Tarasov, who I have heard his name quite a bit. He's, he's got a lot of potential. He's young. He's only 22. Never played in an NHL game. Drafted in 2017. Um, this year in Cleveland, he has played nine games and has a 2.96 and an 8.97. The other two names, one you'll remember, one actually both you'll remember. Um, Cam Johnson. No, actually, no. That's I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, um, no, I don't know that one. I'm thinking of Cam Jansen for some reason. Yeah. Um, Cam Johnson only ever played in the ECHL. Played actually, no. I'm sorry, he did play a couple years in the A. In 17, 18, and 18, 19. Not an NHL possible goalie. The one that you will know, Jean-Francois Berube, is 
in the so co- you, in you, Columbus's AHL system. You I easily mean, bring I up. His name. Yeah, you easily bring up either Barube or Tarasov. You easily because right. in reality, think about it. Columbus is kind of sitting how we are right now. They know they're not really making a push yet. Well, they, they can have, deal with, like, and they have Elvis Merzlikens, who's playing well enough. Yeah. So bring in Corp, make a trade to get Corpusalo. Make it like a second or third, and maybe some random prospect here, whatever. If they need more, mm-hmm. bring him in. End of the year, sign him to a two-year deal. Two years. Yeah, to try bring him. him bring him till he's thirty. Let him be kind of in a sense of veteran presence for. UPL, who will probably be the backup within those next two years. Mm-hmm. Eric Bertillon and Devin Levi coming in and probably at least playing in the A and coming up for like the prospect stuff and some preseason time where they can be under Corpusalo and kind of learn from him in a right. sense. See, I, my, I obviously like I know in most of these trades I included UPL, but that's basically just because NHL GMs are very fickle and they have, they always want, everyone always wants to win the trade. So I looked at it at the point of, okay, yeah, you can win the trade in a couple years when Corpus is retired and UPL is lighting it up for you, but we'll have already bridged ourselves to Portillo and Levi or Portillo or Levi in some senses. And we'll be just as, we'll be, we'll be fine. You can, I mean, yeah, UPL will be great. He'll be a force to be reckoned with, but we got to where we needed to be and we're still somewhat revel- relevant. We, because that's the other thing this team doesn't need anymore is the constant losing. Because, yeah, you, you could say all you want. Oh, Jack Eichel was a crybaby and blah blah blah. Well, if you lose, if you go into work every day knowing it's going to suck, you're not going to want to be here either. And if Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat, Rasmus Dahlin, and even Owen Power and guys like that start getting that mindset, they're not going to want to be here. So we do need to keep some sort of relevance over the next couple of years while these guys are still developing. So that yeah. way, when we do get to their primes, they're not like Jack Eichel and say, Hey, I want to get the hell out of here and go actually enjoy my NHL career. So that's why I say sometimes you got to sacrifice. So I, unfortunately some, in, in some cases, I feel like UPL might be the sacrifice here. Um, And yeah, I mean, Portillo and Levi are going to take time in the AHL anyway. They're going to take at least, I think they should take at least two years in the AHL unless they look like dependent. Ryan Miller. I say it's dependent on how they play. Yeah. Right. I mean, Miller played a year in the AHL and they were like, yep, he's ready. Um, yeah. And so, that's what we were hoping was going to happen with UPL this season. It just right. didn't come to fruition. Well, see, my thing with UPL is he didn't even light up the ECHL. And if yeah. you're not writing up, lighting up the ECHL and you're projected to be this good or this big, bad, terrible goal, or like, or this big, bad, scary goalie, you gotta exactly. You gotta do something, you know. I mean, it's just it's it's frustrating. You can't like we said before. Goalies are weird, um, and it's gonna take time. So, time will it'll, tell. It'll and, take time. Hopefully, it gets figured out. In the yeah, next I hope. I mean, so. I hope Adams does something. It'd be nice. Um, we have heard that he's called about Jake DeBrusque, not necessarily a goaltending situation, but. Jake Hear me out. We trade for Jake DeBrusque and Linus Olmark. <laughs> that would take Portillo at a first. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks no. about it. No. I miss um, Ollie, okay? I do too. I want him to come back. But anyway, 
Um, I mean, DeBrusque, it, it's a long shot that the Sabres get him. But I, I, I think... I'm glad that as, Adam... As fun it was as it would be, I don't know how much sense it makes in a way. If we're really pushing... If we're pushing for these young guys to find, to come up and start making a name now. I think it makes a ton of sense. I mean, DeBrusque is 25. So think Al about... Tuck, I was, 26, I was gonna, 27. That's where I was getting to, though. If we add in Al Tuck and him, that takes away even more spots from some of these young guys trying to push. But you got to also remember, we have guys like John Hayden. and already, He's already out of the lineup. He played last night. <laughs> He's going to be out of Atlanta tomorrow for Mark Jankowski. If you take Mark Jankowski out, boom, insert Al Tuck. Brett Only Murray. other person, all right, Brett, um, who, uh, yeah, who's still hurt? Vinny Henestrosa, Cody what? Eakin, Kyle Ocposo even. Ocposo's not going to come out of the lineup until his contract's done now, especially because he has an A. There are players that are quote-unquote expendable in this lineup that you could take out for Jake DeBrus and Alex Tuck, and then still keep in your young guys like Rasmus Asplin. It's doable. You just need a coach. I'm that thinking, knows to do I'm it. thinking more to... towards some of the other young guys. So bringing R2 back up and then what are you going to do? You're, Cause you're not benching all of Eakin Okposo and insert other player name here when you want to call up Krebs and Quinn and Paterka. That's the thing. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of those young guys that are trying to come up. Well, okay. So here, we'll take that spot away for the next three years. Here's what you're inserting. But if, but if he produces more than, well, here's where you're, here's who you're introducing. Tuck Middlestat. Here's who you're bringing out. Jankowski, or I'm I'm sorry. Hayden, Murray, Hayden, Hayden York are coming out right now. I hope Murray and Hayden come out right now. It's Hayden and Bjork because Murray is playing well with Cousins and Oposo. That's true. Murray has three points in the past two games. For some reason. <laughs> congrats on him. Congrats hey, to him for his first NHL goal. Dylan Cousins. That's Yeah, okay. I see where you're going with that. He needs, he needs to not be in a line with superstars, and he can play well. I, okay, back to my point. You're inserting Alex Tuck and Casey Middlestat. You're bringing out John Hayden and um, you, you're bringing out John Hayden and Anders Bjork for right now. Yeah, slash then Cody Eakin. In you put, reality, you put Bjork back in. You take out Jankowski, Murray, and Eakin. When you bring in DeBrusque, It's doable. I'm saying I'm thinking of it more as then you yes, still you can still get them. Spot. You can still get them playing time. However, DeBrusque will be getting top six minutes. But if he's producing, that's what you need. I think you can use DeBrusque as a bridge type of player, just like the goalies we were just talking about. You can use DeBrusque to play for three years on your team if he likes it and he's playing great and he has a spot. Then sure, keep him around. But if not, trade him. I mean, you can build up. Hit. We haven't. The Sabers have not done this in any of my memory, build up a player while your prospects are getting good and then flip him and keep your prospect pipeline going. That's how good teams stay good. Am I saying a, a somewhat of a complete hockey thought here for once in my life? Maybe. <laughs> um, like I said, I, I don't hate the idea of DeBrusque. I just don't know if, if 
I don't know. Me personally, I don't, I don't know how he fits. I'm also sick of continuously trading with a division rival. That's fair. That's fair. I can see that. That's but... also my big issue with this is like I'm sick of sending our players to division rivals. Yeah. AKA Taylor Hall. AKA um Eric Stahl, Eric Stahl when he went to Montreal and played well for the little bit. AKA yeah. Marco Scandella when he went to Montreal and blew up for a second. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Um, but like I said, I it's very it's gonna be very tough for um the Sabres to get in on these DeBrusque talks because I mean, half the league is in on Jake DeBrusque. Because well, there's eight teams that are quote unquote officially interested in it's him. Probably like more like 15 or 16, but yeah, yeah, officially there are eight teams, and the Sabres are one. But a, a, a big positive just from knowing this, I'm glad that Kevin Adams recognizes that. Hey, this is a good idea to go for this guy. He's not a passive GM. I will give him that. Yeah, oh, and exactly. I like that because I'm sick of passive GMs on this team. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But that being said, a real quick look ahead to this week before we get out of here. We got Florida Thursday, Carolina on Saturday, and the Sabres take on Anaheim at home next Tuesday. So that's our week ahead. Sabres have three games. Is the Florida game in in Buffalo? In Florida. Damn. If it were in Buffalo, I would already be trying to find tickets so I can see my boy Sam Reinhart play again. I would have already bought tickets. Yeah, Sam Reinhart. A um. Speaking the, of uh, Sam the, Reinhart, uh, the home, next home home game against Florida is March seventh. Just uh, just so you know. Okay, everyone, mark your calendars. But speaking of Florida, or speaking of Sam Reinhart, I should say, I came across a thread of tweets today that made me rather sad, but then hopeful. And this is my last little point for the show because I know I've talked a lot today. Um. So, Jerry Sullivan of the Buffalo News, I believe he's with the Buffalo News still, correct? Yes. Tweeted, Sabres goals per game allowed in 2020-2021, 3.5. Sabres goals per game allowed in 2021-2022, 3.5. Think about that for a second. Linus Olmark and, what, Carter Hutton with one good eye had a 3.5 goals against average. Or goals per game average. And this year, Dustin Tokarski, Craig Anderson, and Aaron Dell have the same number. Now, Jeremy White from WGR t- chimes in. One team desperately trying to play defense and keep that number down. The other saying, ah, screw it, let's play open. Another truly incredible look into how bad Ralph Kruger was. Then, at me, M-E-H-S-E-R 12 tweets back, it's almost like those numbers were shared without any context or background. Another stat. The Sabres in 2021 goals scored per game. 2.46. 2021-2022, tw- Jeremy White tweets back. And talent of roster is context here too. Ralph Kruger, I don't know if I'll ever get over it. Imagine if Eichel and Reinhardt were on this team and were allowed to just say, hey, Screw it. Let's do what we're supposed to do and play offense and score goals. I mean, we could be looking at obviously hindsight is 2020, but we could be looking at a team that is rivaling some of the best teams in the NHL. If they like had a goaltender. Like we said, this team is going to be fun. They're going to score a lot of goals, but they're going to give up a lot of goals. Now, I don't want to get too sad. I want to put this positive spin on it. Don Granado 
if he was given the right players and used these systems, would be one of the best coaches and best teams in the league. I think what we need to do as an organization, I say we as if I work for the organization, give Don Granato a chance to get these young guys acclimated into the NHL and let their full potential set in, like Cousins, Middlestat, Thompson, even Power, Portillo, and Levi, and Uka Pekalukunen, that far ahead. You give Granato time and effort, and this team will be good because his systems clearly work. He just doesn't have all the pieces he needs right now. And I know we've been saying that for years, but like Luke said before this show, everyone that's come here since Lindy Ruff has just been trying to quote unquote revive their coaching career. Ted Nolan. And most of them haven't. And most of them, none of them have actually Ted Nolan, Dan Bilesma, Phil Housley, Ralph Kruger. No, none of them. I think Phil Housley might be the only one still coaching in the NHL. So all of those guys were sure. Yeah. They were in it for the Sabres, blah, 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 whatever. All those guys were just really trying to get their name back out there and do what they could play with a few toys like Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhardt and Rasmus Dahlin and then leave. But the Pagoulas Pagoulas need to give Granado his time. They need to give Adams and Ventura and Carmanos their time. They can't say, in two to three years, oh, it's not fixed. Let's move on. Who's next? Let's slap another Band-Aid on this. Well, it's heart- more of a show show improvement from year to year. I think that's the biggest thing right now. And well, that's going to be the I biggest think, thing coming up. So if Granado can I think those tweets right there of, show improvement. Well, yeah. And I think if Granado next season can improve off of this season, you see him stick around a little bit. Right. I think they signed him to a, what, two-year deal? I believe so. Two so, to three? who knows? Definitely a lot of potential there. But we're running out of time here on the Die by the Blade podcast. So before we get out, Josh, what's one thing you're looking forward to next week, whether it be Sabres-related or not? Um, I'm looking forward to Casey Middlestack coming back. I'm excited to see him yes. get back into the lineup. Excited to see what he can do. Um, I'm really excited that Al talk is at practice, but please, for the love of God, do not rush him. Give him all the time. I think, I think he's not rushing. I think he's going to dictate when he's ready to return. If there's one thing we've learned with the Sabres medical team, don't listen to them. Um, other than that, that's all I got, really. Um, I'm just excited for it to finally be Christmas time, and I want it to yes. snow and get cold so that I can go play hockey on a pond. Anyway. Yes. Speaking of it being excited to be Christmas time, I'm excited for this Sunday. Uh, every every year, me and my family have a what's called a cookie Sunday. Oh, um, that's this Sunday. That's and cool. we just make cookies all day long, and it's a great time, nice family time, and uh, yeah, it's it's very enjoyable. It's oh, one by the of way, a few family things I still love. Go Bills! Screw the Pats! Brady's not there anymore, but Brady is a lady. Um, Tom Brady sits when he pees. That's all I have. Belichick is a cheater. Um, yeah, no, go Bills. They play Monday. Um, I will be fully immersed in that game. For those wondering, go Bills. I have to work, so I'm going to try to watch. <laughs> with that said, we're out of time here on the Die by the Blake podcast. So the Sabres play Thursday. Go check it out and go Bills.